One of the most common misconceptions is that if you're not a restaurant or a convenience store, well, then you can't franchise. And that is wrong. That's just flat out wrong. Most clients we work with are not food. They're not retail. They're service business, home services, professional services. We just have a new client starting. It's a manufacturing company. We have large national home builders. We have mobile veterinarian clinics. It's health. Hi, everyone. Have you ever thought about entering into the franchise business? Whether that's taking your business and franchising it, investing in a franchise, or perhaps becoming part of someone else's franchise. Now, keep in mind, as my guest expert says, franchising opportunities are expanding virtually all over the world. And hey, it's not just for those in the restaurant or retail business. If this sounds like it's of interest to you, and maybe also to someone you care about, then you'll definitely want to listen to this episode, number 112, of Looking Forward, Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. On this episode, my guest expert, Tom Dufour, will cover such things as how franchising is growing all over the world, important trends in franchising, what kinds of businesses might become franchises, and what may lie ahead for franchising through the rest of this decade. And, in true Looking Forward fashion, you'll also learn about some of the terrific opportunities out there for those who want to participate in the franchising industry. Plus, you'll get some great tips on how to go about that. My guest expert, Tom Dufour, is the founder and CEO of Big Sky Franchise Team. Tom is an author, entrepreneur, franchise expert, and host of the Multiply Your Success podcast. Big Sky Franchise Team is an award-winning consulting firm specializing in helping growth-minded entrepreneurs franchise their business. Tom and Big Sky have advised more than 600 clients, including Jamba Juice, Two Men in a Truck, Matco Tools, and many others. Tom has an undergraduate degree in business and holds a master's degree in business administration. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Looking Forward, Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. If that describes you, then this is the podcast for you. If you're a freelancer, a startup or small business, a well-established company, a nonprofit, or even someone thinking about a second or possibly a third career, this is for you too. You see, here in Looking Forward, we focus on global trends in the future, but most importantly, on the opportunities they're creating. Yes, we're all about opportunities here. Our guest experts will not only tell you about those opportunities, they will also give you some tips to help you take the first steps toward capitalizing on them. I'm your host, Jeff Ostroff. Tom, welcome to Looking Forward Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. Hi, Jeff. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Really a pleasure to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Well, I'm excited to have you on. Several months ago, I had a guest on who you know, John Austinson, and John's focus was a little bit different. His was on Nod Food Franchising, and he also does something a little different than what you do, which is why I was so eager to get you on the show, because I love the subject of franchising. I really do. 
And I'd love to hear what's going on out there. And I'm sure our listeners will love to hear about that too. Tom, you're an expert on helping businesses become franchisors. Can you tell us what your role is in this process, please? Sure. Thank you. That's a great starting question and introductory comment. And anyone who listened to the previous episode with John, he is in the field of kind of playing a matchmaker and helping folks find a franchise investment for them. Where we fit into this big picture in the franchise world is very different. We're working with generally that small to mid-sized business owner, the founder of that new cool concept or business idea that they've figured out how to turn to be profitable or whatever it might be. They think they're ready to expand. We actually help them package that business to sell to other people. That's kind of the short way to say this is kind of bottling up that intellectual property that exists in their mind, in their business operation, and getting that together in an organized fashion so that they can now go to market and bring someone else in to run and own and operate that in their own local community. Tom, you got into franchising first as an employee. Can you speak just a few minutes about that? Sure. Yeah. So my first job right out of college was working at a franchise consulting company. And so I knew that I wanted to be in management consulting at some point. That, that was business management major. I knew that was the direction I wanted to go. And my first opportunity just happened to be at a company that helped other businesses turn into a franchise. And I fell in love with it. I love entrepreneurship and helping other people get what I call the confidence elixir that franchising can provide to a budding entrepreneur. And uh, after working there for several years, had was hired away by a client of mine and then ended up going into business for myself. I had a partner for several years and then uh, we ended up separating amicably. It was on good terms and just and then started my own business. And I've also, by the way, owned a franchise. I'm a franchise supplier. I run my own consulting company. And so I've kind of lived in these this world and definitely would, am grateful for the opportunities to have been an employee and learned a lot there to take and apply into running my own companies. So I think there's been great lessons learned. Yes. And certainly you're having that background lends credibility to what you're doing now. Tom, we focus on global trends here. Are more businesses looking to start or grow their franchises these days than maybe in the past, however, we would define the past. It could be pre-COVID. It could be in the last 20 years or 40 years. What do you know about the trending of this? Sure. That's a great question. In general, from a macro trend, franchising continues to grow around not, not just the United States, but around the world. And continents like the like Africa is booming. I think if I, I was just actually at a conference, it was an online conference. It, it was actually hosted in Africa where the, the main conference was being held. And it, they were talking about the population exceeding, I believe it's 2 billion people by the turn of the century. So in 80 years, it's going to exceed 2 billion people. And I think it'll be the most populated continent in the world. And the economies are booming there. So and I've had franchise clients that we work with, franchisors that have sold in Egypt, in Nigeria, franchise master franchise opportunities. Now that's just Africa. That doesn't include 
uh, developing countries in Asia, developed countries like Europe, where the general business community is not as receptive to franchising as it is to other parts of the world. And anyone that's tuning into this that happens to be based in the United States that is thinking of franchising their business or has a great small business model, what's very interesting on the international market is that other international countries prefer to take a brand from the United States, even if that franchise brand only has one or 10 or 20 franchises in the U.S., the value that's tied to a U.S. franchise brand is high. It's very high to other people living in other countries. And so that means if you're an American brand, you have a, a really distinct advantage because in most countries, the big brands, KFC and McDonald's and Pizza Hut and Holiday Inn and most of these very well-known popular brands, they've already been purchased. And so those opportunities are taken. They've already existed in these countries now for 20 years or 30 years. Those are gone. So now they just keep going down the line. What's available? What's available? What's available? Well, in many cases, it's, it's a new brand. It's a new concept. It's a new idea that they're thinking about. This has been a trend that it's not a new trend, but it's going to continue to grow. It, and so for anyone that's thinking about expanding in the United States, it's very likely that you're going to have inquiries from people around the world that are going to find you and you're going to be amazed. How did they find me? <laughs> and, yeah, really. uh, They're going to find you and they're going to put in the request. A trend that's very current that's been happening since the beginning of 2022, I don't know what happened, but it was like a light switch flipped around the world and the volume of inquiries and even clients we're working with now of non-US based franchises that are now entering into the American market. It has been a very interesting trend. We have clients right now in Romania, South Africa, and other parts of the world that have contacted us just over the course of the last, call it roughly nine, 10 months here that are that are franchising and looking to bring this into the American market. I have a group in Spain, group in Japan. It's just very, very interesting. I don't know the cause, but it's the timing just seems interesting that it's converged all at once. And so from the vantage point that we sit in as advisors, as consultants, most of these are growth-minded entrepreneurs that the clients that we work with, what we see at this very micro level, just some of these inquiries and clients coming through, it has brought application to the general American, North American market, in addition to the global market. I don't know where that goes, Jeff. That I, I, I don't know what that yeah, means yeah. for the brands coming into the U.S. market. But I do know part of the reason the American brands are popular outside of the U.S. market is American branding tends to be very strong just in general. Well, that's exciting to hear because we're very globally focused here on looking forward, Tom. And you said the secret word when you said Nigeria because looking forward is now going to be heard through exclusive episodes in Nigeria through MTN Telecom. Hearing Africa, hearing Nigeria is exciting for me, seeing the potential there. Tom, when you think about the world of franchising, becoming a franchisor, which is what your expertise is and what you're focused on, you're hearing from all these people in all these countries U.S. is going out there. They're coming in here. What opportunities do you see for any of these groups? Job and career seekers, 
entrepreneurs, freelancers, small businesses, or investors? I think the two groups where you're going to see the initial starting point will be the investors and the entrepreneurs. So the investors are going to have the opportunity to either potentially partner with some of these franchise brands to expand and take these brands global or acquire master franchise rights to develop and grow their own business in their home country of maybe a franchise they decide to purchase. I think from the entrepreneur standpoint, the great piece is if you have an independent business of whatever it is, a coffee shop, a pest control business, a restaurant, whatever, now is as great of a time as there ever has been for international franchising. Even as recent as 20 years ago, the prospect of expanding and franchising internationally was far more challenging and difficult than it is today. I think that that opportunity is prevalent. In terms of job seekers, a couple of things to think about in terms of the different kinds of opportunities that exist for these the groups that, that you mentioned here. We talked a little bit about some of them. I'd give an, an example of a client that I'm working with right now that that might help paint a picture for your audiences they, when they listen into this. One client, they're based in the United States. They're growing. They're now franchising their business. Their product and service that they, it's a, actually a product that they offer has international applicability and they already have some international customer base. They are going to franchise that business. They're now going to sell this in other countries around the world. And so we will need entrepreneurs to buy those or maybe investors to purchase those and operate and own and run those locally. That in turn will lead to these franchisees that end up hiring local staff and local employees that then spend the money in their local community and so on. And at the end of the day, ends up back, the franchisor gets small percentage of that revenue as their long-term investment that, who knows, maybe it goes into another investment, hires more staff, whatever that might be, but builds out that global community and global opportunity, I should say, for people out there. And it doesn't have to be the US. It could be someone based as we were mentioning, in Africa or Asia or Europe or wherever they happen to be. Very exciting. Who are the people that these opportunities would be best suited for? And I know there's various opportunities, Tom. Sure. I would say two broad categories. One would be when you're an entrepreneur, the most important thing for most people is just sticking with it, perseverance, having the willingness to work hard and, and work through the hard parts of building and launching a business. So that requires no education, okay? So yeah. running the franchise, the whole point of buying a franchise, why someone ends up buying it, why the franchise or sells it is they do not require special expertise in order to own and operate it. If you follow the system, it should work. And then the second category of people that I look at is the investors that come into this. Now, from the investor side, we talked about maybe a master franchise or purchasing a large country or multiple franchises. There's one I didn't mention, and it's actually acquiring the entire franchise system. So private equity and franchising, this again, one of those big trends that's happening is coming into the franchise world and purchasing and acquiring franchisors. And they're now coming, scaling all the way down. First, they started 1,000 locations. Now it's 500, 200. It's all the way down now in today's world. If you have five or 10, 20 franchises in your system, private equity is interested. And it's, I've never seen this in franchise. I've been doing this almost 20 years now at this point. And 
I've never seen anything like this. The other folks who have been in franchising, it's just this new trend that's coming along. So for the private equity investor or someone that's looking to invest in something substantial, purchasing that franchisor provides an exit for that entrepreneur to exit at 8, 10, 12, 15 times EBITDA, huge multiple on their business. And for that investor to come in and buy something that's viewed more like an annuity, that's like a consistent revenue stream without having to have high labor costs and high investment into real estate or other assets, it could be more risky. So the investment communities finally figured out that franchising is a great investment vehicle. Is this something that an individual could participate in? And what I mean by that is, are any of these companies that are buying these franchises something that somebody can invest in on the public stock exchanges or mutual funds as a shareholder, let's say? That's a great question. I am not familiar with an opportunity for someone to get into from an individual investor standpoint outside of being involved with some kind of a family office type scenario or something like a, a, a crowdfunding campaign that might be available. We've had a few clients that have run a crowdfunding campaign for as a franchisor that, that was very successful for them. They raised several hundred thousand dollars. These folks were able to get a part of the franchise system. It's a great question. I don't see it, but I think as a trend, I think that you're onto something. It's starting to happen at a very, very small level. And I think that where there's smoke, there's fire in this case. I think we're going to start to see this build and grow. Okay. That's encouraging to know. Something else that I want you to just quickly comment on, Tom. I mentioned, and you mentioned John Ostenson and his focus on non-food franchising. From your vantage point, which is a little bit different, are you seeing an equal number of opportunities in general in both food and non-food? Or are you seeing predominantly, let's say, more opportunities in one area than another? Our client base is pretty well diversified, uh, just to be transparent and candid on that. Our, our food is always going to be a popular category, even when it fell in terms of the most popular franchise opportunities today. Number one is home services, uh, followed by, I believe, it's senior care. And food is still in the top five categories. And they're out of all the different franchise categories from the available data, there are only five general categories that have more than 10% of all leads coming to them. And food is one of them. Home services is one of them. And those are all fairly close, 12 to 18% of all leads coming in are inquiring for those. Everything else is you're looking at generally 5% or less of all leads inquiring on that. So food is still a big, big player in the space. If you look at it, it's a top five category. And I don't see that changing. I really hope you're enjoying this episode so far. If you are, can you please do me a small favor? Let some of your family members, friends, or others in your network know about it and about looking forward opportunities for job, career, business, and investment seekers. And hey, if you happen to like this podcast, my interviewing approach, or maybe even my voice, please consider checking out some of the many services my business provides. These include podcast hosting, creation and consulting, voiceovers, professional interviewing, production of audio or video profiles to help you sell your business, promote your services, increase your customers, 
or raise funding, event hosting and meeting facilitation, and services to help you market to the large and growing seniors population. That's something I've actually written a book about. To learn more, please visit www.jeff-ostroff.com. You can also email me at jeff at jeff-ostroff.com. Now let's get back to this episode of Looking Forward, Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. Tom, as you know, Looking Forward isn't just about today. We're looking into the future as well. That's why we call it Looking Forward, right? It's upbeat, but also we're looking forward to the future. As we look into the future, I'm wondering what's your best guess as to what the interest will be in starting franchises, the growth that you've been talking about in franchising businesses. How do you see those things through the rest of this decade? My view on where the future of franchising is going, number one, any business, a small business, mid-sized business, companies will always be looking to expand. And so the use of franchising to expand a business is not going to be, in my opinion, I don't think it's going to stop being of interest. It's an owner or a CEO or a leader of a company may not franchise their business, but they'll consider it. It's an option for consideration. So I don't see that waning at all over time. I think that will stay at minimum flat and may go up. What's interesting, though, in franchising that I think is going to change the landscape, and it's already starting to happen is private equity entering into the franchise space. And so private equity has already started changing the way franchisors kind of look and operate. And many years ago, private equity would not even consider acquiring or investing in a franchise company that didn't have 200 franchises or maybe 100 franchises. And that number has slowly come down over the years. In the last five years, it's accelerated downward from 50 units to 25, all the way down to, I'm seeing private equity and venture capital groups invest or acquire in franchise brands that have as few as three or five or eight franchises. Wow. And so all of the, quote, deals uh, that might have existed often have, have pretty much been gobbled up by these folks. And so where this trend is now moving in franchise, we're seeing these private equity groups saying, well, where else can we invest in franchise? We really like franchising. So where else can we go? Well, now we're starting to see a trend in acquisition or investments into large multi-unit franchise operators. One, for example, is a recent story where the largest Pizza Hut franchisee got a private equity investment and acquired the second largest Pizza Hut franchisee and went from 600 some units to well over a thousand locations. And that's one franchisee now. Think about how massive that, that is wow. for one franchisee. So I see more of that happening and kind of this interesting consolidation type of a deal with private equity and these individual franchisees and franchisors happening. So I think that is very interesting. And one other point that I'd like to make, it, I do a monthly educational series called current franchise sales and marketing trends. I've been doing that for about two years now. And one trend that's been very interesting is the number of new business formations happening every month in the United States. And so right after the, the pandemic hit, it was right around mid or uh, July, August or so of 2020, 
we saw this massive boom of new business startups. So certainly you saw that crash beforehand. And just to set the stage a little bit, from about 2006 or so, up until around 2020 or so, new business formations in the United States went from about 200,000 new startups per month and it gradually increased up to about 300,000 per month. That was pretty consistent right in that range, just kind of this slow, steady trend over about a 14, 15 year time period. Well, after the pandemic hit, that number has been over 400,000 new startups a month. Basically, since that happened, there was one drop in uh, December and then it, it surged back up to actually over 500,000 by uh, mid-year 2021. And we've seen the sustained over 400,000 new business startups. So to me, entrepreneurship is on the mind of many Americans thinking, boy, I better do something. And so I see this trend. I see the opportunity for lots of new franchisees coming into the market. Obviously, those startups are not all buying franchises, but some of them will. So I, I see this entrepreneurial spirit, this renewed entrepreneurial spirit continuing. I think the pandemic kind of shook and rattled people to say, you know, maybe you should be doing something you really want to do or something you really care about. I see that continuing through. It'd be important to at least mention that as well. It is very important. One follow-up question in terms of the private equity, Tom. What implications do you see that having on somebody who's got a small business and they might come to you and they say, I want to consider franchising this? Does that actually create more potential for them? Does it work in their favor or does it become actually an obstacle in some way if you have these private equity firms getting into this? I'll give you a great example. Before our conversation right now, earlier today, I was on a call with a private equity group having this exact conversation. <laughs> and these conversations that I'm having are happening much more frequently. The number of conversations that we're having than I'm having with these private equity groups is not maybe one every two or three years. It's now one every sometimes uh, month or so that we're mm. con in contact with these groups that are reaching out. And I see this being almost a new addition to franchising where these private equity groups are seeing the opportunity in franchising. So I actually think it's going to help these entrepreneurs and small businesses that want to grow because they will be able to get that extra surge of cash or experience or support earlier in their business expansion efforts through franchising. So mo most of these groups, they're still looking for, they want you to have that three, four, five franchises sold. They want a little proof of concept. But if you can get to that level, which is not a crazy expectation to do, that's very feasible these private investors and investment groups are interested. So I see this being a great tool and asset to help budding franchisors really grow and take their company to the next level. That's encouraging. Now, you've talked about the great opportunities both now and into the future. You're seeing them. You're at the crossroads for so many different activities here. You're the best person who can share with our listeners some tips on what they need to be thinking about to determine if their business is ready for franchising. You talked about a number there, four or five proof of concept. And if they do decide that maybe they should go about looking more seriously into franchising, what do they do about it? 
Great. If one of your listeners has a business or they're thinking about franchising, or maybe they know someone who owns a business, boy, they think this would be a good one to look at franchising. We have three overarching categories or qualifiers that we look at when we think about should a business franchise. Number one is, do you have a profitable prototype? Pretty simple and straightforward, but that's a general starting point. Number two is, do you have a customer base, at least on a regional level, preferably national level and ideally international? Because as we know with your audience, you never know where this might end up going. And that that applies whatever home country you're in. It doesn't matter. And then the third piece that we like to take a look at is, can you teach someone how to run and operate your business? So when we think about it as a profitable prototype, number two is that preferably a national customer base. And number three, can you teach someone how to do it? Okay. And then they look at those three benchmarks, barometers, what do they do next in terms of figuring out how they do it? You're somebody who can help them. I don't know if yeah. it's something they could do themselves. You might advise against that. How do they find somebody like Tom Dufour? We'll get yeah. to how they'll find you specifically at the end. But what do they do next? Well, as with most things, you know, certainly I'm in the business of helping companies franchise or business. We're an expert that goes through and does this, much like you can do your own income tax or you can hire a professional to do that for you. Franchising is really no different. You can figure out how to franchise on your own or you can hire an expert. The difference is in hiring a consultant such as us is generally speaking, we're going to help you get there faster, more efficiently. And in the big picture, it's going to cost you a lot less money. But if you're willing to invest the time and resource and figure it out on your own, you'll get there eventually. It's just cost of time and any common mishaps that come along the way. So, and we offer a variety of ton of free resources to help support anyone that's a do-it-yourselfer that really prefers that. We have a ton of free content for that. And for someone that wants a full service approach, we have a solution there as well. Okay, that's terrific. Is there anything else that you would want to say about this trend, these opportunities related to franchising that we haven't covered that you think it's important for people to know? I would say that as a way to close out this concept or idea of franchising a business for growth, one of the most common misconceptions is that if you're not a restaurant or a convenience store, well, then you can't franchise. And that is wrong. That's just flat out wrong. Most clients we work with are not food. They're not retail. They're service business, home services, professional services. We just have a new client starting. It's a manufacturing company. We have large national home builders. We have mobile veterinarian clinics. It's health. It's literally any kind of business can use franchising to grow. And remember that franchising is a method of distribution. It's just a method to grow. It may not be the right solution for you, but it is a solution for consideration if you are thinking of growing your business. Terrific to point that out. Wonderful advice. And I know what you mean about the difference between doing it yourself and having somebody who's an expert help you. It can take a lot more time. You can make mishaps. So everybody who's out there who's thinking about it, whether it's Tom Dufour or not, think about that before you decide that you're going to try to do this on your own. 
Tom, what is the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you, the Big Sky franchise team, learn more about what you do, your services, anything else you think they need to know about? Well, the best place to go to is our website. It's bigskyfranchiseteam.com. I know that's a long one. Bigskyfranchiseteam.com. We have a, a large collection of free resources. We have a free franchise quiz that walks through 20 different assessment questions to give you an initial assessment on viability of franchising. We have a weekly podcast, a webinar series. We have a free download, The Nine Pitfalls to Avoid Before Franchising Your Business. And that's available at ninepitfalls.com or it's all available in our free resources section on our website. So we have a, a wide variety of resources and we also offer a free consultation with me or one of our other senior consultants to discuss the viability of franchising. No strings attached, no obligation, no cost. We are a very no pressure, low pressure kind of an organization. We want to help you figure out if franchising is the right fit for you. And if it is, show you how we might be able to support you along the way. That's fantastic. And I do want to say, everybody, that in my admittedly limited experience in getting to know Tom, he is very professional. I think he's very straightforward, above board. And the fact that he's offering all these resources just tells you something about the kind of person that he is. So, Tom, thank you so much for being our guest on Looking Forward Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. And I wish you nothing but continued success. Jeff, so grateful to be a guest. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Looking Forward, Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. I hope you've enjoyed it and will benefit from it. And if you did like it, please share this episode with anyone you know who you think might also find it of value. And if you have any comments or questions about Looking Forward, or any suggestions for future topics or guest experts, you can reach me at the website www.jeff-ostroff.com or through my email address, jeff at jeff-ostroff.com. Thanks.